yelling. What? Do you want to play the roll of dice game on the... Okay, so this past Saturday was Bookstore Romance Day. Whoop, whoop. That one's over today already in 10.33 a.m. <laughs> um, so uh, one of the fun games that we had this past uh, Saturday was Roll the Dice on Love. Write your own romance story. So um, for each prompt, there's one, two, three, four, five, six. Um, you roll the dice and you have six options to choose for, from. So whichever number the die rolls on, um, that's the one you have to pick. So we're going to write Ellen's love story. Are you ready? Mm -hmm. okay. I already did this exercise, by the way. Yeah, but not it's with me. posted on the fridge downstairs. But... Okay. So I'm going to roll the dice for you. Well, it's on the phone because I don't have the die. And I, I gotta stop saying dice because it's a die. You know, for Halloween one time, I was a die because I didn't have a friend to be another die with me. So instead of a <laughs> pair of dice, I was just a die. And then my best friend Cole sat on me at a Halloween party and was like, oh, my own personal toilet. That was very traumatizing to a fifth grader just so, or fourth grader, just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, start. And how's it stop? Go. Stop. Okay. So we got six. So you meet a... Oh, I'm just going to circle it. And then we'll figure it out. You're not going to tell me along the way? No, we're going to do it as we go. So now I'm we waiting. got... I've made a graph. One. Six and then one. And four. Oh, this already feels very Ellen. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> well, it's you, so take that as you will. Okay, so I have Ellen's love story here after playing the roll of the dice on love game. So, you meet an artist who is addicted to work. Like Taylor Hansen is addicted to songwriting and being Awesome. Yes. Okay. And they're addicted to work. You meet at a concert. Oh my god. <laughs> but you feel unworthy of love. Mm. It works out when they rescue your pet who ran off during a thunderstorm. Oh my god. There and was almost a thunderstorm during the Hanson concert. There was almost. There was a storm rolling, but it went north. And your happy ending involves a dream wedding full of laughter with all your family and friends. That's amazing. The that only problem is I'd have to get divorced to have a dream wedding. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying you didn't have your dream wedding because it wasn't with Taylor Hansen? My wedding was dope. Really? I wish yeah. I could have been there. It was a kick-ass wedding. When was it? When did you get married? 2005? Mm-hmm. In fifth grade. That's ten. <laughs> so our thing was we wanted to have a really beautiful ceremony and then a kick-ass reception. Totally. So we got married in August. Our ceremony was at 730. We got married in the church I grew up in and I wanted 730 because I wanted the light to hit the stained glass windows in a particular way. And we had an opera singer. We had great music Ooh. in our wedding. Did they sing Ave Maria? They did, actually. Mm-hmm. Mm um and so lots of musician friends played it was really wonderful and then we went to 
what is no longer Hickory Hall, which had mm. a fucking rotating palm tree. Yeah, rotating palm tree? Yeah, rotating like neon palm tree. And we partied till two in the morning. That sounds like a delight. It was most excellent. We should have you do a, um, like, a bow renewal so that we can kind of try and remake it. And you know what was cool about our wedding, Richard? So then I can be there. We didn't do this thing where, you know, everyone has to go to the reception and wait for, like, two hours for you. Mm-hmm. We got to the reception before our guests. So my father-in-law drove us in this. <laughs> uh, God, what the fuck? Kind of, I don't even remember what kind of car it was. It was Tyler's grandpa's car. That Tyler had welded tail fins onto. <laughs> There's a Buick. <laughs> and then before we got married, Tyler's dad got it painted matte black with flames all along the side. <laughs> and so right when we left the church, his dad drove us in this car to the hall. And then we greeted our guests as they came in. Which yeah. I was like, that's, that's what I like that. Doing. I like that. I like that. Did you take befo- uh, photos like beforehand though? We did. Yes. See, that makes sense. Especially since your ceremony was like at 730 at night. Yes, we did everything kind of early, but I liked that it was a little bit later. Mm-hmm. We went right to the reception. The party started right away. I dig it. So my wedding was dope. I mean, cool. I, was, I was into it. Cool. But for the sake of this love game, <laughs> now that I'm old, I don't even need a wedding. Like, just hook up with me. <laughs> like, assuming we were both single, like. We don't need to, like, make this... We don't have to get intense about it. <laughs> Just make it happen. Let yeah. the love happen. Um, I would also hook up with Joel Kenneman any day. I had a make-out dream with Joel Kenneman a couple months ago. And it was amazing. Good for you. I wish you would have gone all the way, but we didn't make that dream. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's time for Bubbles and Books! Bubbles and Books! Welcome to Bubbles and Books, a podcast about two of the best things in life, books and champagne, brought to you by Amanda and Ellen, co-owners of your local independent bookstore, Dog-Eared Books in Ames, Iowa. First, give me a cheers. Okay. Okay, we're ready? And books are sexy. Okay. So what are we doing? Um, I have a game for you, but yeah, first we have to start with, what are we drinking, Amanda and Rachel? And there's Bubbles. There's bubbles. Right Rachel, now. tell us about this um, uh, aphrodisiac that you made for us. <laughs> what? So this cocktail we named Aphrodite's Kiss, um, and we had it crafted for Bookstore Romance Day, which happened this previous Saturday. Mm-hmm. It's based off of uh, the cocktail. I'm gonna say the name wrong. I wish Emily was here because she like knows Greek mythology and words so well. It's like. Cytherian. It's the other name for Aphrodite. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's out of the cocktail book that we carry, um, Nectar of the Gods. And oh my God. Perfect. Yeah. I love that book. I, okay. I've sent that book to several people and then I'm thinking, why don't I have a copy for myself? And this cocktail kind of sealed that. So it is um, Cochirosa with St. Germain, which is an elderflower liqueur, vodka, and um, I'm missing something. Hold on. Uh, da, 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 da. I'm trying to think what you poured into it. Well, there... Rosa vodka, elderflower. Oh, yeah. No, no grenadine. Grenadine was in the mocktail. Um, okay. Yeah. Cochi Rosa vodka, um, elderflower liqueur. And then we top it with Prosecco and then and spritz like a little 
um, perfume spritz sort of of um, edible rose water and then topped with edible rose petals. And it, it's gorgeous. It's, it's really like the pretty. prettiest pale pink color. It's love in a glass. Listen to that. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Love in a glass. I love a good aphrodisiac on a Monday morning. I know. That's what I live for. I know. <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> I mean, people, I call... Okay, romance genre is doing so many important things. Telling important stories, representing important identities. Oh, yeah, romance is where it's at right now. But it's healthy porn. Like, if you need a little spice in your life, pick up one of these books. <laughs> the, you know what? I had my 13-year-old in here uh, during Indie Romance Day, and she really wanted a romance book. So I... Oh, yeah. The, the, the horrible mother that I am. I did let her read Red, White, and Royal Blue. That's not horrible. That's great. I've not read it. But she was like, so, very, so she came in yeah. and she wanted um she wanted a romance book, but she was not interested in like YA. She wanted mm-hmm. like a romance book. And fortunately Denise Williams was in the building. So I was like, hey, you know, what would be like I said, and as I'm, I'm like, you know, healthy sex, you know, like it, it we're curious, like, this is fine. I don't want to have, my kids don't need to have weird hangups about sex. Right. Um, but what would be like maybe a little bit tamer than. Yeah. Um, What'd she give her? I don't remember. <laughs> she came away with two. She came away with two of them. But um, my, yeah. So I thought that was kind of cool. Like. My daughter who's 14 loves the romances. And um, I'm just kind of, honestly, rom-com. like, mm-hmm. I don't really give a shit what my kids read. It's not bad. Um, no, it's good. And I really believe in this philosophy because the idea of, okay, there is probably this like, um, you know, boys who watch porn to at too young of age end up developing, developing like fetishes or sexual associations that are not able to match the reality of what their sexual, sexual life will be. So it, it kind of sets them up for failure early on. Um, when it comes to reading, I don't care what my kids read because that's what anything that we have in our store is representing life and life, you yeah, know, I the mean, people of the world. It's not like erotica, not that there's no. with erotica, no. but like I, pro- I probably wouldn't let her read erotica, but if a romance with a couple sex scenes, like, yeah. that's fine. Because know. it's life. Like, it doesn't bother I me. hope, uh, unless they're asexual, we can talk about like, it. yeah, we can like, talk about yeah. It. I hope they have active sex life someday. I but, mean, not now. We're 13. No, we no. don't need it now. But if, like, the only thing I worry about with rom-coms is sometimes the books set up unrealistic expectations of how our men will behave or women, whoever your sexual yeah. interest is or your non-binary but love interest. But I feel interest. like the ones that I've read, like the, the more recent ones, mm-hmm. and I don't read heavily in the genre, but like my sense is that it's much more moved into this realistic direction. Like, yeah. There's yeah. like the tropes. Yeah. There's, there's all, that's all is still there. There's still, there's the meat cue is a huge important part. And like, no matter who you are, when you fall in love, when you develop an attraction, it's exciting. It's going to be exciting no matter what. So that, yeah, the meat cute part, the tropes, yeah, they're all realistic. But when we're talking how many years have we been married? You just celebrated your anniversary. Seven, I just celebrated 17. I think I'm 17 or 18. What year did you get married? Oh, five. Oh, five. Okay. So we've been married for 17 years. So let's talk about love in your <laughs> 17 of your marriage. That's the romance I need, Denise. That is like, the Give me that one. And, 
and it, I can't have a side piece. Well, I'm not going to go swing at Sailorville. <laughs> Apparently, Sailorville has a big swinging community. Sailorville Lake. So Sailorville Lake is located in central Iowa. I went there. My parents have a boat out there, sailboat. We went sailing, and I saw two swinger flags. Two swinger flags. Tell them what a swinger flag is. It's an upside down pineapple that says plays well with others. And I told my mom, I was like, oh my God, mom. The first time I saw it, I was like, those people are swingers. And she was like, that is not what that means. I was like, and then she was like really offended because my children are right there. I'm like, yes, that is what that means. And then we saw another one. I was like, who are you people? Who are you hanging out with, mom and dad? Your mom and dad are swingers. I'm sorry. No, they're not. But <laughs> so, but no, so I Googled it and she was like, is this website legitimate? And I was like, here, mm. you Google it. And then Trust after, your, after, you know, a minute, she, your after a minute, she was like, uh, okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, swingers at Sailorville Lake. Yep. Romance is good. I So I recently celebrated our 17th. Yeah. And I posted on Facebook, which is what the social media old people use. Yep. And I was like, you know, I'm just going to like be realistic here. So I posted our wedding picture and picture of us now. And I was like, we don't look the same. <laughs> we're gray or we're rounder. We're wrinklier. I feel like when I look we're at that picture. We're a lot picture, more tired. But it's like, you're oh, more you yourself. Know, we, we built this life together. And that's a pretty special thing. Yeah. And it's not perfect. And we both have room to, as you know, marriage is not easy. But, um, okay, so that's are, our, anyway. our great challenge for the romance genre is we are going to find 17 the, years. My parents or whatever. Are like, everyone gets divorced when they've been married 17 years. Oh, Apparently that is so mean. <laughs> no, they didn't. Like, they've said 17 like years? Well, so we'll see. We'll see. But I, I feel like it's not on the horizon for me. But okay. anyway. Okay. We have a game. I have a game today. Okay. Do we need to talk about what we're reading? Or oh, we're yeah, sure, we do. What are you reading? I just want to say that I finished Seaplane on Final Approach by Re- Rebecca Rekaiser, who is coming to our door in October. We'll talk more later. And it's I all Rachel. I email from her, and she said, holy shit, I would love a beer creek. So yes. I'm thinking, like, we get one of those ice luges, and then we could, like, Okay, we will work on this. This is kind so of if like you read extra, the book, extra. You will know what beer creek is. Uh-huh. Um, basically, you fetch a beer out of a creek. Anyway, um, I love this book. It's my favorite of the year so far. So I'm super pumped that we scored her. Yeah, and uh, we're gonna make it a really fun event. It's a fun book. It is such a it's such absurd a smart book, but it's so fun. Um, everyone should read it. Yeah. You have to definitely be open-minded to absurdity. So like, you're, so you're reading it or you finished I it? I just finished it last night. So today, do you agree that it is amazing? The writing is so sharp and I, I have a hard time finding um, adjectives to describe it because I don't want to imply that it's um, succinct in any way. It is just clear, sharp writing about wacky people. <laughs> but it's at the same time very realistic and it's funny it's funny and ridiculous and people are ridiculous and life is ridiculous and the protagonist is i you want to meet her you want to meet her who is she now and where is she now and i want to talk to you like you just yeah. really want to hang out with her for a night and be like how weird are you so i think that that makes four of us now at the store who have read it and i think it's been loved by the four who read it so everyone should read it accessible writing 
but something unlike anything else. It's just quirky. Oh yeah. Um, so I'm it. gonna pick up Night Crawling by Layla Motley, which someone on staff has already read. I have that. Yeah. Yep, Tommy loves it, and what blows her mind about it is that the woman who wrote this primarily wrote it when she was 17. It's amazing. Um, and now it's on the long list for the Booker Prize. I, the Booker Prize is my favorite prize. Okay, I am reading Our Wives Under the Sea. Yes, I can't wait. I'm going to join you. i got to find my copy. Armfield. So um, Sarah and Mariah have both read this and were, you know, singing its praises. And I will say, it is an exquisite book. It is beautiful. The The prose is beautiful. And the premise is that you have two characters, wives, um, Leah and Mary. And they are kind of, and they're alternating chapters between the two of them. Leah is a marine biologist, and she works for this sort of undersea exploration center. And she went on an expedition in a submarine that was supposed to last three weeks. And the submarine sank to the bottom of the ocean. And she was gone for six months. That's so and, scary. And so, but now it's it's the aftermath. Like, she's home. And she, her she's physically going through all of these symptoms, right, of having lived in compressed air for however many months. And she's super, you know, checked out. And Miri is trying to figure out, like, how, how to live with this new version of her wife. Um... And so we gradually learn from Leah's perspective, like what was happening when she was in the submarine. Miri has no clue. Um, but it's really like this portrait of a marriage. And when you're disconnected from the person you love, what that feels like and how you can. And I'm not done with it, so I don't know. But like, are you able to bridge those gaps? Are you able to find find each other again wow but it's bleak it's bleak but the writing's gorgeous and one thing that i am appreciating so much about this book is sometimes an author will give voice to a truth that you have never seen in words before or verbalized before and you're like oh my god that is you are describing something i i have felt and i have experienced but i've never heard anyone really talk about or describe in this way before and she does that over and over and over again in this book. That is, I feel like the and and seaplane has some of that too. It does, yeah, in a different format where it's like really astute and beautiful observations about the world. Like to me, that's a talented writer. Yes, you're putting words together, and you can do that in beautiful ways, which she Julia Armfield does in this book. Yeah, but when you can. When you can put into words a feeling or an experience that, like, I've not seen put into words before that rings really true, uh, that's, that's to me, writing at its best. Right. I, and that's exactly where I was going. Like, so, Seaplane on Final Approach is probably my favorite this year, but I would put Our Wives Under the Sea as a contender is going to be up there for me. Okay. Uh, yes. it's. But we do love humor yeah it's and not a humorous book. no and, 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 and I, that's where seaplane might have an advantage i love humor and you know i love coming of age which seaplane and final approach is a coming of it's age fucking book. hilarious so <clears throat> but i yeah i it has not disappointed i'm really really enjoying i it. love coming of middle age or yeah, what, I mean, early like, middle age yeah that's, that's my like a new form. thing now right 
Okay. Okay. So, so that's what we're reading. We're going to play a game. Okay. okay. So I'm it's like the this. first lines of books. Oh my God. Right. Okay. So are you a person who like you care about the first line of a book or not? I tell customers in the store when I'm making recommendations that a method I've used in the past when I was strictly a customer in bookstores, I had no experience as owning or already knowing about most of the books. If I picked something up, I would read the first page. And if the writing resonated with me and the characters hooked me, like if I was hooked in and I liked the writing, it's a good to go. But sometimes on that first page, you can be like, "Mm, I don't know. So yes, it matters, but more in terms of tone rather than is the first sentence a home run. Right. Okay. So with that said, I I have put together a game for you called Guess the Book based on its first line. We're going to fail, I feel like. No, but listen, all of these books are books I know for a fact you have read. Okay. Okay. Oh my God, this is so exciting. So are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. And I would say some of them are home runs and some of them are a little blah, but I want to see if you can figure it out. Okay. But you, I think most of these books you loved. So okay. I love maybe you. that just goes to say that like, sometimes the first line is amazing. Sometimes it might not be, but you still love the book. Okay. We'll find anyway, out. <laughs> okay. I'm going to throw you, I'm going to throw you a softball. first. Time. I'm just going to, I'm just going to preface this okay. with saying like, when I love a book I'll, after the fact, I don't remember any character names. Okay. Oh, go. that's good then. Okay. Once upon a time, there was a man named Jack Gilbert who was not related to me, unfortunately, for me. Shit. Um, <laughs> I'm going to guess this is an Elizabeth Gilbert book because of the name. And I'm going to say Eat, Pray, Love. No, it's Big Magic. Oh, good. <laughs> but you're right. It was Elizabeth Gilbert. Yeah. Okay, good. Okay. She did not expect to howl with laughter after reading her obituary. Oh my God. Dava Shastri's yes, last day. Yes, you got it. Okay. I, that's badass, by the way. Publish your obituary before you die. <laughs> Have ownership over that shit. Okay, go ahead. The city is baking. The asphalt sizzles. The trash on the sidewalk reeks. Oh, 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 oh my God. I hate you. <laughs> this is good writing, by the way. It's hot. What have I read that set that? I don't know. I, I don't know. It's Book Lovers <gasps> by Emily Henry. Oh my God. Interesting. This is why we like Emily Henry as a romance writer because. Yeah, you wouldn't pick, you wouldn't, no. you wouldn't be like, oh, the sidewalk reads romance. It's, it's New York. BTW. <laughs> <laughs> it does stink. Okay. In the late spring of 1995, just a few weeks after I turned 28, I got a letter from my friend Madison Roberts. I know this one. Okay. Um, it's Kevin Wilson. Nothing to see here. Right. Nothing to see here. You're right. You're right. Because he enjoyed almost every advantage since birth, one of the few privileges denied to blank was that of a heroic rise. Okay. So blank is the character name. I omit And it, it must give away the title. If you would it. It doesn't. I just know that I didn't want to give it away. All right. Go again. Because, well, let's just put Austin in there. because he's <laughs> Because he had enjoyed almost every advantage since birth, one of the few privileges denied to Austin was that of a heroic rise. I don't know. 
trust by her. Oh yeah. I love that. I I also love that you put my husband's name in there (laughs) because we've been having big conversations about white male privilege. And if you are the most privileged person in a family, in a community, he could not be more privileged in terms of his upbringing. And it's like, you won't see it. So I'll have to have him read trust. That's great. You should have him read it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Other people overwhelmed her. Fuck. That's so true. It could be any book. (laughs) Oh man. Um, is it lessons in chemistry? It is not. Oh, what is it? It is the most fun we ever had by Claire Lombardo. I love her. Claire, please come to our bookstore because you do. We love you. We we are BFF. Okay. Time did not exist in the hospital. Is it Cutting for Stone? No, it's This Time Tomorrow by Emma Strong. Oh, yeah, because she's visiting her dad. Okay, this one I like. The call had come while she was at her workbench wiring the naked taxidermic form of an ermine onto a rock beside the skull of a crow. Oh my god. Um, this is from Horse. No, it's not. What? It's Celine by Peter Heller. Oh, 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 oh. I had no idea. I forgot about that part. Okay, this one you have to get. Christmas won't be Christmas without any presents. Little Women. It's Little Women. That's the beginning? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I am already at an age and additionally in a state where I must always wash my feet thoroughly before bed in the event of having to be removed by an ambulance in the night. This is so good. And I I love taking a shower before bed, but it's not because I worry about... It must be an older character. Okay. You're, you're getting warmer. It's not uh, Lucy Barton, is it? No. Because. Oh, older character, older character. What have I read? I don't know. Tell me. Let's drive your plow over the bones. (gasps) That's amazing. She's so practical like that. She thinks it all out. Such a good book. If you haven't read it, check it out. Mm -hmm. Okay. While in prison, I received a dictionary. I don't know. It's The Sentence by Louise Rickage. Oh, my God, yes. Oh, I forgot about that part. That's so good. I love that character. It's her bookseller. Yeah, it's a great book. She's kind of a, like, yeah. That's so cool. Okay, this one I hope you know. Miss Jane Neal met her maker in the early morning mist of Thanksgiving Sunday. Miss Jane Neal. Met her maker. I know the name. <laughs> Jane Neal. Which, see, I told you I forget my character <laughs> names immediately. You want to know? I do. It's Still Life by Louise Penny. Oh, heaven. That's the first line of the first book of the greatest. Oh, yes, because she was one of um, three women in like a group or something in Still Life. Um, anyway, yeah, she died. And that began Inspector Gamache's relationship with Three Pines and just the greatest mystery. Okay. You ready for the next one? Yeah. 
I remember now standing with my face to the horizon in the waist-deep tide of the Gulf of Mexico, making up a dance routine. Oh my God, I do know this. It's about, <laughs> uh, is it Olga? No. Oh. I'll give you a clue. It's nonfiction. Oh, um, Adrian Broder. No. Shit. It's Bomb Shelter. Bomb Shelter, that's right. (laughs) Ah, that was so good. Bomb Shelter is, if you are a woman. I loved it. it, That will also be a contender for like my top few books. It's my best nonfiction of the year, for sure. Me too. Yeah, easy. Okay. The drive from Selena to Morgan was three hours. And for much of it, he hadn't said a word. Oh, that sounds like road trips with my family. Except for the kids hey, fighting in the background. Road trip, being on road trip. A three-hour road trip. Male character. I can't. So Lincoln Highway. Woo! <laughs> Holy shit! Right, oh my right. god! I should have had it with Selena. Selena Kansas. All right, I got Selena. It. Selena. <laughs> then I wouldn't know. Is Selena. it Selena? It's Selena. Okay. So I'm pretty I, sure it's Selena. So it's my bad. Is it? They say Selena? No, I can't remember, but I'm pretty sure. Okay, but anyway, another epic book. Thank okay. you for bringing me down memory lane. It's I so have lovely. three more for you. Okay. okay. When I was 11 years old, I moved in with my aunt after my mother was sent to prison. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'll give you a hint. This is a book. Knockout we- Queen. Yes! yes! You got it. Okay, this is a book we both love, and it's, oh, it's always stayed under the radar. Rufy Thorpe. Needs to bring yeah. her next book to the table. I need it. Rufy, where's your book? I'm I'm You're putting amazing. the table on purpose, Ray Ray. Ray Ray's still not recovered from the Hanson concert we went to last week. <laughs> She's grouchy. She partied too hard. I can't believe we get to like half of it. Oh, we'll have to. Well, after I check out on this game, you guys do that. And then talk about what's coming out this week. I mean, the recap is this. The Hanson brothers are still doing it. They're still hot. They're not doing it with Debatable. Debatable if they're still hot. Taylor Hanson is like so sexy in everything he says and does. Okay. Here's your next line. Sing, muse, he says. And the edge in his voice makes it clear that this is not a request. Oh, disturbing. I read this book. You did. And you liked it. It's one you recommend to people. Hmm. Did I read it in the last year? No. I think you've read it in the last three years. Oh, man. I love how intimately you know my reading history. Don't know. It's a thousand ships. Ah, yes. (laughs) I love it. All right, last one. I wake up, say good morning to my plant, Unwrap a protein bar and drink a liter of bottled water. Oh my God. The person who talks. Oh, 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 it will come. Is it a Grady Hendrix? It is. Yes, I'm so good. It is. Okay, it's the final girl support group. Good job. You got the last one. That was very distinctive. Her relationship with her plant was the only thing she could count on. It really mattered to her. She supported it and it supported her. Nice. She could not fail it until (laughs) bad things happened. Okay, so do you have, like, any favorite first lines in literature that you can think of? Or are you just, like, not really? Mrs. Avonlea, or no, Mrs. Mrs. Um, 
Mrs. Rachel Lind lived just where the Avonlea main road dipped <laughs> into, and there's alders and ladies. I don't know. Mrs. Rachel Lind lived where the main road dipped. That is the beginning of Enid Green Gables. And I listened to it on audiobook because it is a comfort. It's like, it's like, I don't know. No. It's just a comfort. So I'll listen to it when I can't fall asleep at night. Go ahead. So I, I appreciate a, a good first line when mm-hmm. I see it. I don't, like you, I don't remember, usually remember it. But one of my favorite first lines is from The Catcher in the Rye. Read it. It is. If you really want to hear about it, the first thing you'll probably want to know is where I was born and what my lousy childhood was like and how my parents were occupied and all that David Copperfield kind of crap. <laughs> and that David Copperfield kind of crap. I think I like it because I read it in high school when I was like being assigned all these sort of, you know, these canonical texts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it surprised me. It was not what I was expecting to be assigned to read. Yeah. And when I, whenever I assigned it to students, when I was a teacher, it was always like, there was a surprise to it. Like, mm-hmm. oh, this character is like really sarcastic yeah. and he cusses a lot and it's not what they expect to be given. Yeah. So does Catcher in the Rye still, is it still taught? Are we aware? And does it ever get well, challenged? I am sure it gets challenged. Um, it does still get taught, although the way like English is taught in middle school and high school is shifting away from the whole class novel. So I don't know how prevalent it is anymore, but um, I taught it in my early days of teaching, but I love that book. And I, I always uh, thought it was very interesting to teach it to high schoolers because there were some kids who would read that book and be like, Holden Caulfield would like resonate with them. Yeah. They would be like, this is yes. Like this is me. This Thank is how you for I giving feel. Giving me this character to make me feel. And then there were a lot something. of kids, probably the majority of kids, and it went over their head. And mm-hmm. I was one of those kids. Like when I read it in high school, I was like, "Haha, that's funny." It's not a funny book. It's a profoundly sad book. Yeah. Um, but um, it was always interesting and always really rewarding to see kids like those kids make that connection. Like, oh my gosh, I'm not. I I'm not the only person who feels this way. Right. You know, and that you might get that out of a book. Yes, and so I we we named our last child Holden, and he kind of is named after Holden Caulfield, because Holden Caulfield is very brave in his own way. Yeah, you know, that's so. And cool. my Holden Caulfield, my Holden, not Holden Caulfield, my Holden, go you know goes by the beat of his own drum. Okay. Yeah, he's special. <laughs> he's a special in so many ways. He's a special boy. Follow Ellen on Facebook if you want holding quotations. This funny thing he said yesterday. So happy. We were sailing. He leans over the side of the boat. And he goes. He looks at me. And he goes. If I see a fish in there, I'm gonna be creeped. <laughs> uh, that's where they live, sir. He's like, well, yes, but also like you need to write a book that characters specifically only say holding lines. Yeah. Yeah, well, I have to tell you, Holden's been really interested in getting a girlfriend lately. And so, you know, maybe next time he sees Margo. I know. Margo would really, really like see attention. (laughs) I was like, I don't think that Margo's going to be your girlfriend. I don't know. It could happen. I feel like it can happen. (laughs) I I love the intensity of Holden. Holden is intense in the eyebrows. He does have great eyebrows. Yeah, he is. <laughs> he stormed into the office the other day. And I, like, Tommy, or no, it wasn't Tommy. It was Katie. We turn around and he's just giving this, like, super serious, <laughs> like, scowl. 
eyes, like <laughs> eyebrows burrowed, kind of like. And Katie has never, I don't think, met Holden before. And I'm like smiling because I'm like, ah, classic Holden. And she's like, are you looking for the bathroom, bud? And he's like, no. <laughs> I was like, hi, Holden. It just was so funny. He just like barges in. Like, so he gets funny. mad if he expects me to be places and I'm not. Mm. Like he, <laughs> I don't know. It was like probably a month ago or something, but. I went for a walk in the morning with my neighbor and Holden was still sleeping. And when I came home, he was downstairs by himself. And he was like, where were you? I said, I went for a walk with the neighbor. And he was like, you are supposed to say good morning and smile at me. (laughs) (laughs) Love that kid. Amanda is leaving. So Amanda's leaving. She has a mom today. So now it's me and Ray Ray. Uh, Me and Ray Ray did have a fun excursion we should talk about. We went to Council Bluffs to see Hanson. Yep. My boyfriend, Taylor. Yep. Still looking good. Not bad. We were in the party pit. We were in the party. We were three, not even three rows. Like, yeah, we we were were close. We We were close. We were at the front. And you're welcome. You know. 12-year-old me felt that they were hot, and 39-year-old me still feels that they are hot. Ellen, do you remember what I said to you, though? No. About which of the brothers I thought was most attractive? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, bless your heart. (laughs) Bless your heart. You feel that Isaac is most attractive. I thought he was very good-looking. I'm not saying he's not good-looking, but when... You have Taylor Hanson literally right in front of you. What are you thinking? So the facial hair, but Mm. he just—I don't know. It just like it just was not doing it for me, Isaac. Though later, as I kept staring at Isaac, and Isaac and I made eye contact. By the way, Um, do you remember that? Because I looked at you because he looked at me and he started kind of like laughing, and then I laughed. I did not have that moment of eye contact that we did it. But you admit that I had that moment with Isaac. I had no. We had a very brief eye contact during um i was born okay but you admit that i had that moment with isaac because i looked at you and you're like okay that's okay you did i'm just saying that like you know i've always felt a little bit um like i wasn't dealt a fair hand when it comes to taylor hansen because i sort of look like his wife (laughs) and they got married when they were like 18 i didn't even have a chance you did though, because no, you I could have been eighteen and had a chance like his wife. I fucking didn't, Rachel. Like mm, if I you know, had met Taylor Hanson when I was like seventeen, maybe I would be the mother of his seven kids. Exactly. <laughs> Except for I, after three, I would have been like, "You're done." Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, Ellen got really sassy after the concert with security, but <laughs> they got sassy with me. That's a. They were douchey. To... I will admit they. That, were, except that, the one guy at the top, he was really nice. That's a better way to look at it. They got sassy with me. Yeah, they weren't nice. They were like, we did see were like, they're not. We were waiting by the buses. They're like, they're not coming out here. And I was like, he just fucking walked by. He's not in there. He's not in there. We're like, we saw, yeah, we just we saw literally him. saw him. Though, and I've been loving Hanson since before you were bur- born, bro. Okay, <laughs> before you were born, bro. Before you are born. <laughs> um, no, but he stopped and waved at us before he got he on, did. and I yelled at him. I go, Taylor, if you meet my boss, she'll give me a raise. <laughs> 
he did it's not true. meet my boss. So sucks for you, Rachel. <laughs> Making that one dollar an hour. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Ow, you just kicked me. Oh my god, you have to chew on sadly a baby. Wow, this what do you think of the Aphrodite's kiss? Oh god, okay. Anyway. <laughs> Where then were we the left? next day oh. we did a little Omaha <gasps> bookstore oh, shoot. Oh yeah, yeah. So this we didn't so hit fun. all the bookstores. We didn't have a ton of time. But we did hit a few and they were all really good. Yeah. Um, so first we went to what was the first one we went to? We went to the bookworm. That's right, the bookworm. This is a pretty big store. I loved their sections. Like they had some really un- like unique sections. Like one that I really loved was books we wish we'd read sooner. Yeah, that was cool. Um because I think all book lovers sort of have that. Like, oh, that would have been nice to have in my life. I totally I was, have one yeah. of the like the last one that I felt that with was cracked up to be by Courtney Summers where I read it and I still loved it as like a 26 year old but in my mind I was like oh my god I would have loved this at 16 so I had read it like a year ago now probably but I just remember thinking this 16 year old Rachel would have craved this book yeah Uh, they had a really cute children's section too so I don't know if you saw that Ellen but they had like a little go all the way back in but yeah they have like this whole other like well they had like a hole cut out in the like an archway cut out that was really small so like kids could sit and play um chess at a table and yeah yeah it was cute and cozy back there yeah no so that was a really neat store and then we went to dundee book what's it called dundee book company yes and it's the first floor of an old house and it's what's the name of the district it's in do you remember dundee (laughs) it's a dundee neighborhood (laughs) that makes sense that makes sense. It's a very cute neighborhood. And the store was really cute. So it's it's tiny. It's like the size of a living room. It's in the living room. But it house. wasn't like a tiny that I thought was off-putting. Like, that no, might have been actually it, my favorite bookstore. No, and their curation was really good. Like, everything they had in there mm-hmm. was solid. That I think that was my favorite bookstore of the day that I went into. Of the three. I mean, no, I loved I, them all. I really but... enjoyed it, too. And there there wasn't, like... Because it's so small, it's very heavily curated. Yeah. But their, I thought their you know, their curation was on point. Oh, my God. It was amazing. I don't know. I The minute I walked in, it was like a, I took like a, like, I was like, oh, my God. Like, yeah. I just instantly loved it. And even though, like you say, it was really small, but it was like the perfect kind of small, in my opinion. Yeah. No, it's exactly mm-hmm. what it should be in that space. I bought a shirt and a book there. Yeah. And a tote. I and bought stickers. A yeah. Oh, I bought a lot of stuff. Yeah. It it was a that's a cool store. I like it. I would definitely go back there, and that's one I would recommend people to go back to. Same with the next one that we went to. So we went to next chapter in Omaha, and what was cool is, so this is a really um, it's it's bigger than Dundee Book Company, but it's it's not a huge store. It's very cozy. It says mm-hmm. it has a really warm, cozy vibe to it. Yeah, and it's situated right next to a coffee shop, so you have that yeah. sort of combo. And yeah, she and it's, it's kind of, a, it's cocktails. very close to downtown, and she does have cocktails, but we, um, the owner was working, Shelly, I think that's her name? Yeah, Shelly. And she was really cool, and we spent some time talking with her, and she has an interesting backstory, and in yes. that her parents owned a bookstore, and that's what, so that's what she grew up in, in, in a different town in Nebraska. Hastings, Hastings, Nebraska, because I was looking yeah. on one of the walls, she has like a frame of a bunch of pictures kind of um, collaged into it, and I was like, 
oh my god, that's her mom with Fabio. <laughs> I was kind of yeah. jealous. I'm not gonna lie, because like Fabio, yeah. is iconic to but like. She didn't want to like stay in Hastings and her parents. So so they call this bookstore the next chapter. Yeah, it really like literally is the next chapter for them. Which um, is adorable. I love that because like, she moved on. She's like, this is where my path was going. And yeah, and so she's so she's taken all that she's learned from like growing up in this industry and having parents who run a bookstore and then making it her own. And it really is an adorable store. They have such cute stuff. Their mm-hmm. gifts are very localized too, which is yes. one thing I appreciated. So, like, if you're in, if you live in the Nebraska area or like the Omaha area. A lot of their gifts are very like Omaha, Nebraska based, yeah. which is cool. And it's even if you're not from the area and you're looking for like a souvenir, that's somewhere where I, like I mean I did buy puzzles were good. Yes, and that's somewhere where I did want to buy a souvenir from because I'm like, oh, it's not just like some cheesy crap, you know, or whatever. Yeah, and I would it also say that really their curation cute. was good too. Another, yeah, really good, definitely curation. bigger than D- Dundee Book Company, mm-hmm. smaller than us. Um, so it's not a big store, but the curation's on point. It reminded me of, well, I don't know. Madison, Mad Street Books was probably a little bit bigger, but it reminded me of the same sort of like oh, yeah, setup in, in, Chicago. A, in a way. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, but I, I liked it, and Shelly was really, really awesome. And yeah, nice she and was super cool. Shelly, we hope you come to American Booksellers Association Winter, in- Winter Institute because we'd love to hang with you. Too many Aphrodites there, Too many Alan. Aphrodites kisses on Monday morning. <laughs> Without food in our bellies. Um. Anyway, yeah, so we had fun. We hit a few bookstores and mm-hmm. um, which is nice You know, to actually, do. you know, like Dundee and Next Chapter have not been there for very long. So it's cool to see that there are mm-hmm. indies popping up all yeah and we even made a stop for lunch at corkscrew wine and cheese bar um in the blackstone district and so in the next few episodes we're gonna be drinking some champers that we got from there some champers <laughs> and i bought a pink wine a rosé um called fiction i don't need at 10 you have a meeting at 10 i do i'm 20 minutes holy crap it's 20 minutes okay we gotta Okay, new releases. <laughs> okay, so in hardcover, are you gonna coming do this out <laughs> today, we've got one from Beto O'Rourke, gubernatorial candidate in Texas, also kind of a hottie. Uh, it's called We've Got to Try, <laughs> How the Fight for Voting Rights Makes Everything Else Possible. So in this, uh, Beto O'Rourke explores the life and contributions of Dr. Lawrence Aaron Nixon, Nixon was the son of an enslaved man. He grew up in Texas and became a civil rights leader, and his efforts culminated in one of the most significant voting rights victories in the history of the country, ending the all-white primary. So what O'Rourke does is he weaves Nixon's story with other stories of Texans who have fought for voting rights and connects their efforts to the major issues that we're facing today in our country. And he's really arguing that voting rights is the thing we should be most concerned about. It's a single biggest thing we can do uh ensure voting rights to i guess to get the country we want to ensure the progress that we want one thing that pisses me off all the time when i see these decisions handed down by the supreme court for example mm-hmm. i'm like you were put on the court by a man who was not elected by the popular vote mm-hmm. and you know one of you should have been merrick garland but you know i'm not rioting and tearing up the capitol but anyway Right. So when you think about representative government, voter suppression is a huge problem. 
And, and if we want a country it's that not really as accessible to everybody as it should be, if we want a country that's truly a democracy, then we have to like the will of the people should be reflected. Yeah, in policy, hundred percent. No, and it's not. Yeah, like and I love. I'm just repeating what more. you said. He called some guy a motherfucker like, last week, and I really appreciated nah, that. I was good like, for him. thank you. Because you're right. Sometimes it needs to be said. <laughs> Sometimes someone needs a motherfucker, Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? How about just a fucker? True. How about just a fucker? Yeah. Okay, next book. Nomad Century. How Climate Migration Will Reshape Our World by Gaia Vince. Vince is a science journalist. And in this book, she explores the ways in which our lives will be shaped as billions of people are displaced over the next few centuries because of climate change. So she scary. talks about like That's really scary how it will affect economies, governments, politics, cultures, which I think is really. Um, I, I think in the description I read that like um, climate migration has doubled or global migration has doubled in the last century or at last in the last decade. So like, what will that mean? Why are you taking a picture of me? I was doing it for socials, but I cannot use what I just took. Yeah, you probably can't. All right, go on. Anyway. <clears throat> um, so the thing that really stood out, I think it's a fascinating premise for a book because it's true. We know this is going to happen. Mary Roach, who wrote the book Stiff, she's written a number oh, yeah. of really yeah. brilliant nonfiction titles, called it... Um, let me find it. She said, the most important book I imagine I'll ever read. Whoa. So that's pretty high praise that's from one Mary Roach. incredible praise. And this book, so. Well, like, and that's saying something. So too. it is, I, I looked at it, we have it down on the shelf ready to go out today. And it's, it's not, sometimes with nonfiction, they're kind of these big honking tones, you know, and you're like, uh <laughs> This one's not. It's it seems like it's it's pretty manageable in size. I think I'm gonna check it out. Um, <laughs> shut up, Rachel. Manageable. <laughs> the next book is the Romantics, the Romantic Poets. It's a children classic. So this this is not a new release in the sense that these are your romantic poets, but the children classics are these really beautiful editions of classics that we've been bringing into the store lately, and they've sold really well. Um, and now they've got a new edition, which is the Romantic Poet. So they're beautiful covers, gold-edged pages. Um, yeah. So if you're a person who loves to collect the classics, you like the very fancy editions, this one is for you. And lastly, we have in hardcover, we have Fox Creek by William Kent Kruger. This is the latest in his Cork O'Connor mystery series. All right. Oh, boy. Rachel, what do we got in paperback? um first up in paperback we have reluctant immortals by gwendolyn kissed um it's a historical gothic novel um and it features two male characters from classic literature i said literature like how the birds say literature 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 you're not fooling anyone (laughs) I'm falling backwards though. Okay, um, so it features two classic characters. You get Dracula and Mr. Rochester from Jane Eyre. 
and um, the woman who the women who survived their abuse, Bertha and Lucy. So it's set in 1967, Los Angeles. Um, Bertha and Lucy are immortals, so they're not alive. They're the undead hanging out in Los Angeles in the summer of love. Yeah, living it up, but but Dracula and Rochester. <laughs> <laughs> Return to the living in San Francisco. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah, Lucy and Bertha are like, oh hell no. Yeah, they're not. They're so not. I think it's about like these women who were sort of, you know, consigned to these roles, right? right? Reclaiming their, which is what I their love humanity. That books are doing. They are giving voices to story to like or stories to voices that have been marginalized and shut down and, and put you know, down listen, and some, boxed some... up through like even though if it's a fictionalized story you know we, we are giving them a new <laughs> really the undead in if, hey, is fictionalized if what I'm saying if I'm just saying you don't know Ellen I do know you I'm don't sure, know I'm pretty sure a story about zombies is how do you know they're zombies? They could be vampires or the some other type of undead we undead. don't know. Okay, but we don't know what type of undead that means. Okay, I'm sorry. Undead is fictional, Rachel. So you say. Fire. <laughs> okay, anyway. whatever. I do, I am a person who has a very complicated relationship with the classics. Um. So I like to see these tapes. I like retellings of classics, even though I haven't read many, but I like the retellings. Or ones that point out, you know, the problems in Mm -hmm. the classics. I agree. Plus it has a cool cover. It's very psychedelic. I like that. Ooh, and then also, and it's new, it's brand new, but it's straight to paperback, is Love on the Brain by Allie Hazelwood. Say it again, I didn't hear it. Love on the Brain. Must be love on the brain. It's got me feeling. Rachel thinks I've had too much Aphrodite's kiss. Okay, keep moving. I have a movie. Um, um, why am I? I can't remember what she wrote. She wrote the love hypothesis. Thank you. Okay, dumb motherfucker. Mind blamed, God. Okay, so Love on the Brain by Allie you Hazelwood. You should come work at Dog Year Books. You will be treated with respect and dignity. Oh, God. Oh, God. Anyways, Love on the Brain. Just read it. I can't even. That's what you get when you diss Taylor Hanson. I got no respect for you. No. Okay, okay. okay. But honestly, it is so freaking good if you loved the love hypothesis if you haven't loved the love hypothesis because you haven't read it yet wasn't the love hypothesis sort of star wars fanfic so it was rilo fanfic ish e um but regardless that doesn't even matter because you don't even have to read star wars or be a star wars fan to have loved this because she writes such freaking good steamy romance that I don't even have to recommend her anymore because everybody's like, yes, I love her. But I still am like, have you read Ali Hazelwood yet? And well, in, the love hypothesis has been super popular. Yeah. So Love on the Brain is just a good, just as good, if not better, in my opinion, because Ali Hazelwood herself has a background in um, neurological science things. Okay. I'm screwing that up. But <laughs> <laughs> read neurological her. Neurological science things. Yeah. And so, like, 
in my like she's just so incredibly knowledgeable and she really was able to put herself into the story um i'm like obviously this is not a description but you're not gonna want to miss it it's nerdiness it's science it's love and then shock hey why'd you take the paper away from me i was gonna read the rest of it i'm gonna read okay next in children's we have a venom dark and sweet by judy island so this is the conclusion to the book of tea duology. The first is a magic soup in poison. Ooh, Rachel, ooh. you have been excited about this one. Yes. Tell us why. Um, I don't I don't know why specifically, but I we got the first book um a few months ago as like a promo package um here at Dog Eared Books. So I was like, oh hey, I want to read this. Wow, the story totally blew me away. It blends um Chinese mythology with um the beauty of tea making and crafting um, in thousands of, like hundreds of years ago and just really created such a beautiful story. And so then in the second one, we're getting the conclusion to it, which we've getting, we're getting book two within the same time, like, like year of book one. So you didn't have to wait a whole year or more for the second book to come out. So I'm like thrilled because it left us, not on a cliffhanger that was unbearable, but on a cliffhanger where you're like, oh my God, shit, I need to know like what's coming <laughs> because it's insane. Um, and it's YA, but oh my, like I freaking loved it. And like, I'm not even a big T fan, but just the way that um, having these powers that blend with the way they craft tea is insane. So it's one I recommend and I love seeing people purchase. Tea it's and powers. Yes. Next no. time I make this a, isn't tea, a Power Rangers book. What? Doesn't make sense, Rachel. Yes, it did. Next time you... I make tea, I'm gonna like imagine myself having powers. Sure. And it's gonna be great. And yet she doesn't okay. believe in the undead. This one is YA, another YA. It's called On the Subject of Unmentionable Things by Julie Walton. It has a really great cover. It's a peach. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that kind of peach. Booty. Booty, 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 booty. So the protagonist, Phoebe, is like a straight A model student at her small town high school. She writes for the high school newspaper. But on the side, she has this blog and it's written under the name Pom. So it's uh, she's writing under a pseudonym. And in it, she discusses all things sex. So I guess she feels as though her sex education is lacking. And so her blog is about like real talk about sex. Huh. And then Is it kinda like live journal vibes? Maybe. I haven't, Ooh, I, haven't that's dating I haven't myself. Re- I haven't read it, but I think the idea is that she's talking about sex in an open way and in a more productive way. And then this woman is running for mayor and like realizes that this blog exists and demands that the person come forward and she starts getting all this attention. Um because this polit- this politician, this candidate, is calling it an assault on morality. And so what will Phoebe do? Will she reveal her identity? Uh, and if so, what will be the consequences? What a fucking joke about an assault on morality. Because who's to say? Right. Oh, next, we have a few picture books coming out ooh, that are notable. Ooh. I am so excited about this next one because... <laughs> are you going to read it every night? Not every night because I'll have nightmares. No, I'm just kidding. You, your kids will not have nightmares if you read it to them. But it's a picture book and it's called Creepy Crayon by 
Aaron Reynolds and illustrated by Peter Brown. Okay, so keep creepy crayons. Um, I don't know if you've heard of creepy, creepy carrots and creepy pair of underwear. Yes. Oh my god. My my mom um is a retired first grade teacher and like creepy carrots. She says is one of her most favorite books ever. Like oh yeah, creepy carrots. It's is so great. good. Like love it. I love it so much. And my nephew um. He's six now, but for years, he's like, that's like one he repeatedly asks for. And so I didn't know there was another one coming back. And I'm really excited for it because Creepy Carrots is really just so smart and so freaking funny. Creepy Crayon is really cool, too. Tell so, us about it. Um, and this one in the creepy series, um, Jasper Rabbit, he's doing not great at school, you know, until he finds a purple crayon laying in the gutter. All of a sudden, like, whoa, this is a crayon I should take. <laughs> well, suddenly, like, all of his work is top notch. You know, he's doing the best in school, but the crayon, well, it's starting to act a little creepy. So, in the very classic, like, creepy series of these books, um, but yeah, I just, I'm so excited yeah, about it's, it. It looks really cute. Yeah, and I, just, oh, I don't know. I'm so excited, which is weird, but I love it. <laughs> we know what you're going to be reading for the next two weeks. Okay, what's next? In picture book? All neighbors, um, all our neighbors by Alexandra Penfold, um, illustrated by Suzanne Kaufman. It's latest from the creators of All Are Welcome. Uh, in this book, a new family moves to the neighborhood, and some of the neighborhood hit kids um, introduce the new arrivals to the people and places that make their community special. So it's a very like welcoming sort of picture book, especially for kids who you know maybe they've had to move and uproot their lives in a certain situation. So it's a way to make them more comfortable for a new environment, which is very scary oftentimes to um, kids and even adults. You know, so it's just more of those one of those comforting picture books. Yeah, and it's also like celebrating the diversity in their neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Like, the, look at all that exists in our community. Yeah. Not everybody looks like you in your neighborhood. Yeah, and there's and there are so many opportunities to connect. Yeah. And lastly, we have This Field Trip Stinks by Becky Sharnhorse. And Becky actually Becky, Becky! <laughs> She's gonna actually be here at Doggard Dog Eared Books this Saturday. Dog Eared Books. Books. Not to be confused with Dog Eared Books. I just don't even whatever <laughs> um rug whatever uh she's gonna be here this saturday at one o'clock um for reading and signing um also of her other previous book my school city my school stinks um but in this book Stuart and his animal classmates are going on a field trip to study nature but not at a museum like they're going actually into nature, into the wild. So Stuart's a human boy, and yeah. he has all his classmates are animals. animals. Yeah, so it's very cute. Yeah, and we're really excited um, for Becky to be here, and it's gonna be a blast. It is okay. So we will get it more into that in just a second. No, it is. I hate you. <sighs> I'm so tired of Rachel and her diva fucking bullshit. Okay. <laughs> it's from Tenacious D, Rachel. <laughs> you might not understand the reference because you're like... It went up my nose. Champagne went up my nose. Oh my god, Aphrodite's kiss went up her nose. What is going to happen? I'll let you know. It burns. Okay, what's happening at the store this week? Tomorrow, Wednesday, 10 a.m. Story time with Amanda and Lovey. 
be there, be square. Thursday, 10 a.m., Dogyard Book Club with me, Ellen. We'll be discussing The Firekeeper's Daughter. I haven't read it yet, but I will have it read. <laughs> I, I did have a member of the book club come by and said she really loved it. So I'm excited to um, read it. I'm excited for it. And because the author has also got another one coming out soon. Yes, that's true. Freaking awesome! Okay, Saturday, 1 p.m. This is Becky Sharnhor. So join us for a reading and a signing with Becky. She'll be reading from her first release, My School Stinks, in which Stuart, the human child, goes to the school with animals. And he's, like, trying to, like, his parents, like, don't really believe him. All his classmates are animals. And she's going to be reading from her new release, This Field Trip Stinks. We're going to have some animal crackers. It's just going to be an animal-themed wild good time. And then Saturday at 4 p.m., we have Good Trouble Book Club, and they'll be meeting and discussing New From Here by Kelly Yang. And let's just say fuck Barnes & Noble for their policy. Fuck them. Um, in which they've excluded Kelly Yang in her backlist the next one in the series that's coming so out so barnes and noble apparently has this new policy where they will only carry hardcover books that have a proven sales record um the problem with that is most books come out in hardcover and you don't have a proven sales record unless you have an opportunity to sell and this is really disproportionately um, affecting marginalized authors and another reason why you should support your indie bookstore is because we will 100% be carrying Kelly Yang. We love her books. And a few years um, ago, they were bought out by Waterstone in the UK. Waterstone, right? In the UK. Something like that. And they basically are trying to falsify the feeling that you get when you go into an indie. And that kind of just really fucking sucks because indies work really hard to curate the environment in which customers are welcome. And the books that we have here, and they're trying to falsify that same sort of feeling. So well, Barnes and Noble. That's what's a, happening a, with Barnes a, and Noble, though, too. It's it's like a step down from Amazon. It's an algorithm, you know. Everything's an algorithm. An indie bookstore, it is not. So that's all I'll say about that. Kelly Yang, your book, your new book might not be carried at Barnes and Noble, but we, we fucking love you here. here. And we will continue to support the works of marginalized and excluded identities. And I have to say, as like a lifelong reader, the more um, the more publishers lean into diverse voices, the better literature is. There are better books now than there were five years ago, ten years ago, and it's because more people are being allowed um, to publish stories. And so, anyway, that's just me and my soapbox. But I am grateful as a reader for the opportunity to read from so many new voices. Mm -hmm. um, and I think the quality, <laughs> the quality of the literature that's available now is, is so astronomically greater than what it was. Because more voices have been allowed to the table. I hope that continues. Shame on Barnes & Noble for a policy that is going to exclude all voices. Anyway, join us for Becky Sharnhorst. We love you. Handsome rules. Taylor forever. Cheers. Remember, uh, subscribe, like, follow, because you want to find out what's happening in dog-eared books every single week. Yeah, and if you don't live in Ames, you can always follow us on social or hit our website to order books. Follow us at, at dog-eared books Ames or at dog-eared books on TikTok. All right, listeners, 
keep the champagne flowing and the books going. This is so great! It's so great! <laughs>